Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, let's get into it. A lot of content this week. So starting off, wrote a couple essays, one titled Organizing Feedly by Tags, that is as opposed to subjects, which if you're into organizing RSS feeds, and definitely if you use Feedly, you should check that out. And another one titled Joe Rogan versus Alex Jones, which talks about what happened the last time Alex Jones came on Joe's podcast, which was a couple weeks ago. Security news. Solid is an idea and a company started by Tim Berners-Lee, who is the inventor of the World Wide Web. The idea that he came up with is that you put all of your data into this thing called Solid, into what he calls a pod, and then you give granular access to that pod to various companies that you want services from. So if you want Facebook to have access to it or Google or whoever, you would give access to a pod, but your data wouldn't go directly to those third parties. It would go to this, you know, community or open source or um, more independent data broker, which he calls Solid. I think it's a really cool idea. I worry about it being able to gain traction given all the incentives that are aligned against it, but it is what I would expect from Tim Berners-Lee. It is a better version of the internet. I'm sure he feels guilty about what has been created or what is manifesting from his creation 20 years later or 25 years later. And uh, yeah, this is his attempt to try to clean that up. Jackson, Mississippi is running a pilot program allowing police to access their live feeds from its citizens' ring security cameras. So if some sort of issue happens, some sort of alert goes out, police can look through people's ring cameras. And this has happened other places in the country, but now Jackson, Mississippi is taking a stab at it as well. California Senator Dianne Feinstein who was also chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee for a bit, had a Chinese spy working for her for 20 years. He was evidently mostly a driver and a like a gopher type person, but he did serve as the liaison to the Chinese consulate as well. And the FBI is the one that told Feinstein about this, and she was evidently extremely embarrassed. And the FBI concluded that nothing serious was leaked, but... Goodness, 20 years, Chinese spy. For a senator working on the Senate Intelligence Committee, just staggering. Trump has banned Americans from investing in 31 different Chinese companies due to their ties to the Chinese military. There's now a black market for fake COVID test results because, of course, there is. Microsoft is saying you should use app-based MFA and not SMS-based MFA. This is the debate that does not die. My personal opinion is you should use app-based for your highest-risk accounts, 
such as email and anything financial or otherwise high risk. And that SMS is probably good enough for most others. And the final point there is SMS is still far better than password alone, but it is much weaker than app-based. So just have to apply accordingly to the accounts that have different levels of risk. U.S.'s latest tactic against Russian government APTs is trolling them via embarrassing cartoons. So we've been releasing a whole bunch of malware for foreign adversaries and just kind of like throwing it out there on the internet for everyone to look at, and that's annoying. But it seems like this is a part of a larger theme of just annoying the attacker or poking or prodding them. Seems like that could be useful in maybe making them overextend but it could also really anger them. So this is definitely a calculated move here. Sammy Kemkar released new research called NAT Slipstreaming that allows someone to bypass NAT for anyone visiting a website. Sammy remains my favorite researcher, both personally and technically. I think the stuff that he does is just fantastic. And this is another example group called Shadow Map did some great analysis on how a Chinese company called Zenhua Data collects and organizes social media data on American targets. So they look at TikTok and Reddit and Facebook and they pull the stuff down and they basically aggregate it for a target. And I've got another link here in the newsletter for my essay about this, how basically the Chinese government is doing this en masse which like surveillance is likely to be done in a number of smaller projects, but I'm sure it's aggregated to some degree at at a higher level. CISA says the recent U.S. election was the most secure we've ever had. It's good to hear, I think, that we've made such significant gains in election security since 2016. But it seems clear also that the bigger threat is now the influence of voting populations and not necessarily manipulation of the election technology itself. So I feel like we've fixed the previous problem, but now we have to worry about the current problem. The Chinese hacking competition, the Tianfu Cup, yielded vulnerabilities in Chrome, ESXi, Windows, and many other platforms. And evidently the VMware stuff was pretty serious. So there's some patches out for that. Israeli agents assassinated Al-Qaeda's number two guy, along with his daughter, on the streets of Iran via shooting from a motorcycle. Vulnerabilities. Google has released some updates to Chrome. Cisco has released updates for iOS XR software for ASR 9000 series routers. There's a new attack against the DNS, specifically around cache poisoning called SAD. And WordPress has patched 10 security bugs as part of their recent 5.5.2 release. Breaches. Luxottica has announced a data breach affecting 820,000 eye, med, and lens crafter patients. Capcom disclosed a breach this week that used the Ragnar Locker ransomware. The attackers claim to have stolen like a terabyte worth of files, a whole bunch of sensitive stuff that you would expect. 28 million Texas drivers have had their data stolen. It was leaked by an insurance software company called Vertifor, 
which left the data in an unsecured location. Sounds a lot like an Amazon bucket. Companies, Menlo Security just raised a $100 million Series E to defeat phishing by only showing representations of content, not the actual thing. This is really cool. I remember this being a thing for internet browsing in general, which I guess this is kind of an extension of, but you would just see screenshots of what you were viewing and you wouldn't actually see the content. So you would get the JavaScript coming through and the malware delivery mechanisms, which is exactly what this Israeli company is doing. And Eagle Eye is bringing video surveillance to the cloud and they just raised $40 million in a Series E as well. And the idea here is that so many of the closed circuit camera systems, video surveillance systems are all just local and they're stored on tapes and it's just super kludgy. So this company called Eagle Eye is taking all that to the cloud. I'm sure there's other companies doing it as well. Technology news, Zoom is lifting its 40 minute limit on free meetings for Thanksgiving, which I think is fantastic for people and also good PR. Amazon is expanding its garage door delivery service to over 4,000 cities. It allows the Amazon driver to open your garage door and put your stuff inside instead of leaving it on your doorstep. I think that's kind of a trade-off. I mean, now someone has access to your garage, but it is a more trusted person. Question is, do people wait for them to go and open the garage and either sneak in or, I don't know. There are a few trade-offs there. I think overall it's probably going to be a win for most people, given the commonality of having packages stolen off the front porch. Amazon is also releasing something called Care Hub, which allows people to care for their aging family members. It allows you to link accounts with elderly family members so that you can see things like the commands they issued, like what they asked Alexa to do, um, if they turn lights on or lights off or whatever. It's kind of like a log of their Alexa activity. And you could also have it so the elderly family member can say something like, Alexa, call for help and it will contact the connected family member. Facebook has now copied the vanishing message features uh, from Snap, and they're putting it in Messenger and Instagram, and that should be rolling out shortly if it's not already out. Zoom stock took a massive hit last week when news was announced about the vaccine being released or getting close to being released, or basically the progress of that Pfizer version of the vaccine being like 90% effective, according to the news. And Zoom took a massive hit on that because obviously the vaccine means people go back to more of a normal life, which evidently the stock market took that to mean you wouldn't need as many remote meetings. So yeah, I got beat up really bad. I think it's already recovering, but interesting trend there. AWS just launched another new service called Glue Data Brew, which I feel like they could have done a better job there. But anyway, it cleans and normalizes data, supposedly up to 80% faster. I'm not sure if that's faster than not using the service or faster than the previous version. Companies, Databricks has launched SQL Analytics. Human News. McDonald's is doubling down on automation tech, including automation to take and parse orders. 
So it's like a voice service that takes your order. You only have to say it once. I've been waiting for this when you could actually just say your order once and it would be parsed correctly by a robot or AI or whatever. Just anything so you can only say your order once at, at these various drive through restaurants. So that's one portion of it. The other portion of it is engineering the takeout lines and lanes so that they're, they basically get maximum throughput and maximum speed getting in and out. And that's up to and including like conveyor belts. Like they're talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. But one thing I can guarantee you is it will require fewer humans (laughs) and there will be more automation and AI involved. So, I mean, again, that's a trend we're going to see. Scientists successfully injected an in utero monkey with a gene that made human brains larger. So they found this this, uh, gene that made human brains bigger and more powerful. So they isolated that. They put it in the monkey brain inside the womb. And it did, in fact, make the brain grow and become a lot more like a human's. They didn't actually let the monkeys be born, though, because they said that would be crossing an ethical line. It's weird. That's where they drew the line. Seems like it's a little weird to grow human brains inside of monkey wombs and then, I guess, terminate the pregnancies. It's pretty hardcore. Unemployment claims in the U.S. fell to the lowest level since March at 709,000. The U.S. divorce rate has hit a 50-year low. And another good sign in the Americans' jobs market is that churn is increasing, meaning there are more people leaving their jobs voluntarily. Over 3 million people did this in August, and layoffs also are declining while job openings are increasing. So it looks like we're getting a bounce back. A project called Mac Air is an open source ventilator, and it's now being used to treat human patients in France. This is really promising. The New York Times has hit 7 million digital subscribers and is now making more from online than from print for the first time. If only that were more replicable at other places. It seems like the New York Times is the top of the top. and They're thriving, but so many other newspapers are not doing nearly as well. U.S. visas for Chinese students are down 99%. I expected that to be significant, but not 99%. A very unscientific poll on Hacker News asked, are you depressed? And the results were 53% yes. Again, who knows if this was gamed or how clean the data is, but If uh, it's anywhere near 53%, that's pretty troubling. 78% of Americans say there is more crime in the U.S. than last year, but far fewer say there is more crime in their area. So they're saying generally other places it's worse than last year. The study also mentions that crime up until the pandemic had been declining quite a bit over the last, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and that most people don't know that. So got to be careful about what people believe versus what is true. Ideas, trends, and analysis. 
got a fascinating video clip here of Neil Postman talking about cyberspace in 1995. And his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, is one of my favorite books of all time. Massively opened my eyes about media and its effect on the human mind as you're absorbing information. And specifically, media, what I mean there is mediums. So written word versus an oral presentation versus text versus social media versus TV versus radio, all these different things. And and he's been writing about this for so long. He died in 2003 of cancer. So, I mean, he's not been around for a while, but his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, is absolutely essential. And I've got another recommendation from him later on in the show. And Disney Plus now has 73 million subscribers, probably in large part due to Mandalorian, which I just saw the last three episodes of yesterday, which are for the new season, season two. Really, really good stuff. Just super simple, super clean storytelling. Updates. Reading a lot, as usual. Just finished The Uprising, which is the UL Book Club Book of the Month. And We, which I don't know where I heard about this, but it's evidently the precursor, the dystopian precursor to both 1984 and Brave New World. So I finished that. Fantastic. This book was written in 1924, and it's about a dystopia. And again, the authors who wrote their books that are most famous in terms of dystopian stories, which I believe they came out around the 40s or the 50s, maybe the 60s, I'm not sure, but quite a bit later than 1924. And this book is every bit as prescient and powerful as the other two. And I'm currently reading Prestige, a book about hiring at elite institutions. Discovery, CrowdSec, a modern crowdsourced replacement for fail to ban, which is written in Go. Continued to use this thing. It's really cool. And uh, some kind of update coming out for it soon, which I'll let people know about. Drumbit, an online drum machine, which I played with for entirely too long prior to starting the show today. Cartography, an asset management tool that does visualizations via Neo4j. I'm always obsessed with asset management, so I keep coming back to this tool. Linux Command One-Liners, a visualization of American trust in TV news media. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. A CISO mind map. What do security professionals really do? And this is an elaborate mind map showing all the different spaces within security, or at least many of them. It's really cool. Making money in bounty is all about being unique, whether that's through new bugs, speed, or finding special targets. It's a Twitter thread, basically. There's a new Twitter hashtag for hacking with automation. It's called hack with automation. Really, really cool stuff. You could scroll through there and find amazing stuff if you're into recon and bounty and all that OSINT stuff. A Twitter thread on how bad Google is at UX. Highly entertaining and true. DNSX, a new DNS tool from projectdiscovery.io. 
that allows you to perform a high volume of DNS queries using multiple resolvers. Recommendation for the week, the surrender of culture to technology. This is a video presentation done by Neil Postman somewhere around like 1995. I'm not sure the exact date, but really powerful stuff and extremely prescient. I mean, he's talking about this, this video is very much like the social dilemma. Only he predicted this 25 years ago, a quarter of a century ago before the internet was really kicking. And really makes you want to go and read his other stuff. Evidently, he's got 18 books out. I've only read a few of them. And I think I'm going to go read a lot more from him. His name's Neil Postman. And the aphorism for the week. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. Upton Sinclair. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And just as a reminder, we use a direct support model for the show, so we don't have any ads in the newsletter or in the podcast. So if you want to support the show, go to danielmesler.com support, and that will really help out the show. And do us a favor and share the newsletter as well. Pass it on to others and point people towards the podcast. Really appreciate it. See you next time.